April 24th. Our reading in the New Testament today will take place in the book of Luke, chapter 22, verses 14 through 34. We'll see Satan in the garden. We have seen him in the temple and in the upper room. In today's reading, we will see Satan in the garden. Jesus said to those who had come to arrest him, But this is your hour and the power of darkness. Because he had prayed and was yielded to the Father's will, Jesus was prepared for the arrest, but the disciples were not. If ever the work of Christ appeared to be ruined, it was there in the garden during his arrest. But that was when Jesus was doing his very best in the Father's will. We'll also see Satan in the courts. Satan was in the courtyard to sift Peter and in the council chamber to lead the men astray. His victory over Peter was only temporary. The apostle wept, repented, and was restored. His victory over the religious leaders was complete, for he blinded their eyes to the truth, and they condemned their own Messiah to a terrible, cruel death. And with that, let's begin today's reading in the New Testament. April 24th, Luke chapter 22, verses 14 through 34. Then at the proper time, Jesus and the twelve apostles sat down together at the table. Jesus said, I have looked forward to this hour with deep longing, anxious to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. For I tell you now that I won't eat it again until it comes to fulfillment in the kingdom of God. Then he took a cup of wine, and when he had given thanks for it, he said, Take this, and share it among yourselves, for I will not drink wine again until the kingdom of God has come. Then he took a loaf of bread, and when he had thanked God for it, he broke it into pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, This is my body, given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After supper he took another cup of wine and said, This wine is the token of God's new covenant to save you, an agreement sealed with the blood I will pour out for you. But here at this table, sitting among us as a friend, is the man who will betray me. For I, the Son of Man, must die, since it is part of God's plan. But how terrible it will be for my betrayer! Then the disciples began to ask each other, which of them would ever do such a thing? And they began to argue among themselves as to who would be the greatest in the coming kingdom. Jesus told them, In this world the kings and great men order their people around, and yet they are called friends of the people. But among you, those who are the greatest should take the lowest rank, and the leader should be like a servant. Normally the master sits at the table, and is served by his servants. But not here, for I am your servant. You have remained true to me in my time of trial, and just as my Father has granted me a kingdom, I now grant you the right to eat and drink at my table in that kingdom. And you will sit on thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to have all of you to sift you like wheat, but I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you have repented and turned to me again, strengthen and build up your brothers. 
Peter said, Lord, I am ready to go to prison with you and even to die with you. But Jesus said, Peter, let me tell you something. The rooster will not crow tomorrow morning until you have denied three times that you even know me. We are to bear the fruit of the Spirit, and kindness is, of course, one of those fruit. And this is the thing about kindness and the fruit of the Spirit. Christian kindness or Christian love is not limited by its object. We are the subjects, and the love that the subject will demonstrate is not dependent upon the object. As you saw in the skit, it doesn't matter what somebody wears. That's the object. It, it does not matter what someone looks like. It does not matter the object's race or class or creed. It does not matter their sex or sexual orientation. It does not matter whether they're heterosexual or homosexual. It does not matter what life form, as a matter of fact, if it's a plant, you ought to show kindness. If it's a dog or a cat or an animal, we are to show kindness. If they are a person who you know cannot stand you, you are still supposed to show kindness because as the subject, we have the control to display the fruit of the Spirit despite the object because the object is not why I show love as the subject. The reason why I am motivated to show kindness is because you are not my focus of kindness and love. I'm trying to love Jesus. And on my way to loving Jesus, I am required to love you. I am required to do likewise because Jesus first loved me and Jesus is so kind toward me. I am required to show kindness to everyone and everything in my path. And so we, we make the mistake of only being kind to those we choose to. And that's not a Christian hallmark. That's, that, that may be a social norm, but that is not a Christian hallmark. Jonah was disobedient when God instructed him to, to preach in Nineveh. And he didn't want to do it because the Ninevites, again, were enemies to his people. He said, I don't want to preach to those people because if I preach to them, they may get saved. And I don't want them to be saved. I want them to go to hell. And you know what happened to Jonah. He spent three days in the belly of a fish. And then the fish, fish spewed him out. And then he was obedient. And when he preached, an entire city got saved. Because brothers and sisters, again, the object is not dependent. What, what, what is our motivation is our love for God. And if God has given us instruction, we are instructed, first and foremost, to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the highest form of love, to love thy neighbor so much so that you want to see their soul saved. Because when someone's soul is saved, they are transformed and, and, and they are conformed to the image of Christ Jesus. And, and that's where the victory comes. The victory comes in our being used by God to transform an evil world. Because we do live in an evil world. Let's just be honest. It's difficult to show kindness in such a mean and evil world. It's difficult to show kindness because sometimes our kindness can be mistaken for weakness. Sometimes our kindness can be taken advantage of. There are times when you are limited in the type of kindness you are to show. And when are those times? First of all, we're never to be kind toward evil. Yeah, there is a, there is a limit to kindness now. Even Jesus was not kind to evil. When Jesus walked into the temple, temple and saw those money changers uh, turning the temple into Las Vegas, uh, he didn't like that very much. Jesus was not kind, but in his demonstration of his displeasure, he was still loving. 
But there is a difference in being loving and being respectful and being responsible to show your displeasure with evil. He didn't come up and give him a kiss on the cheek and say, it's all right, what you're doing is fine. No, what he did was he overturned those tables. He knocked the money changers over. He even took whips, some scholars say, and whipped them right out of the temple. You can't be kind to the devil. I wish I had a witness in here this morning. Some of us are thinking that to be a Christian, we have to be kind in the face of injustice, kind in the face of evil. No, that's the time when you are required to speak up, stand up, and say something against it. We are to protect one another. Today we'll be reading in Psalm chapter 92 verse 1 through chapter 93 verse 5. And here's what's going on there. It is good to thank the Lord for every day He gives you. As the day begins, you can look ahead by faith and praise Him for His loving kindness. As the day ends, you can look back and praise Him for His faithfulness. He's always faithful. It's good to thank the Lord that you're part of what is eternal. Now you cannot understand eternity, but you can have eternal life through faith in Christ and you can live for what's eternal. It's even good to thank the Lord for old age. In old age, those who live for Christ become fresh, flourishing. They become fruitful and become even more faithful. So instead of complaining, they are praising the Lord and witnessing for Him. Don't live in the past. The famous evangelist D.L. Moody said, It does not pay to get sour as you get old. I pity a man who lives in the past. He lives on stale manna. He gets stunted. Psalm 92, verse 1, through chapter 93, verse 5. A psalm to be sung on the Lord's day, a song. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to the Most High. It is good to proclaim your unfailing love in the morning, your faithfulness in the evening accompanied by the harp and lute and the harmony of the lyre. You thrill me, Lord, with all you have done for me. I sing for joy because of what you have done. O Lord, what great miracles you do, and how deep are your thoughts. Only an ignorant person would not know this. Only a fool would not understand it. Although the wicked flourish like weeds, and evildoers blossom with success— there is only eternal destruction ahead of them. But you are exalted in the heavens. You, O Lord, continue forever. Your enemies, Lord, will surely perish. All evildoers will be scattered. But you have made me as strong as a wild bull. How refreshed I am by your power! With my own eyes I have seen the downfall of my enemies. With my own ears I have heard the defeat of my wicked opponents. But the godly will flourish like palm trees, and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon. For they are transplanted into the Lord's own house. They flourish in the courts of our God. Even in old age they will still produce fruit. They will remain vital and green. They will declare, The Lord is just. He is my rock. 
There is nothing but goodness in him. The Lord is king. He is robed in majesty. Indeed, the Lord is robed in majesty and armed with strength. The world is firmly established. It cannot be shaken. Your throne, O Lord, has been established from time immemorial. You yourself are from the everlasting past. The mighty oceans have roared, O Lord. The mighty oceans roar like thunder. The mighty oceans roar as they pound the shore. But mightier than the violent raging of the seas, mightier than the breakers on the shore, the Lord above is mightier than these. Your royal decrees cannot be changed. The nature of your reign, O Lord, is holiness forever. Proverbs 14, verses 1 and 2. A wise woman builds her house. A foolish woman tears hers down with her own hands. Those who follow the right path fear the Lord. Those who take the wrong path despise Him.